You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. For everything everything indie, for everything cults, it's the Blue Horseshoe now. now. Here's your host. George Bremer and Ryan Hickey. And welcome on into the latest edition of the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. Ryan Hickey and George Bremer here with you as always. Another loaded, busy show here for you on the Blue Horseshoe Pod. We got a lot of head coaching updates to get into. We have Tom Brady's official retirement. I want to uh, throw somebody there, George. We have two other head coaches now officially hired. Broncos and Texans do fill their, uh, their head coaching vacancies. Living at this the Cardinals. We have a lot of head coaching discussions to get into, George, but I figure let's start something that's very topical. Today, as we're recording, it's Thursday, February 2nd, which is what? Groundhog Day. Punxsutawney Phil did see a shadow, which he is predicting now six more weeks of winter. I think also he's predicting six more weeks of the Colts head coaching search because they seem to be in no rush to get this done, adding more candidates, George, adding more rounds. I don't know what's going to end faster, winter or this Colts head coaching search. That's a good question. It's tough to say. I mean, it's six more rounds of the coach head coaching search is, is what <laughs> the uh, the groundhog has predicted. It's I think it's a really interesting situation because I think, you know, we have this void of information. We've been talking about that uh, really since it started a month ago. Now um, you've got this void of information and that creates anxiety on its own. You know, even if this was going the way every search in, in NFL history has gone, and it was done two weeks ago, the void of information would have created a great deal of anxiety in that that two-week stretch. Um, So I think that's part of this. And then I think, too, the fact that it's not been the normal procedure, that you you had 13 first-round interviews, and now you've got eight second-round interviews, and you've got potentially, uh, and at this point I think we could say likely, a third round of interviews coming with an unknown number of candidates. Um, that's going to make people nervous as well, because it's not anytime anything goes unconventionally, you know, we get uncomfortable. Right. I mean, and then when you add on to that, the behavior of this franchise since October, it's just going to multiply that, you know, even in a normal situation, there would be nerves, like, why is this taking so long? But now when you've had weird things going on around the franchise, it, it makes it even more so. The only thing I would say to all of that, and it's why I don't know how to feel about any of this at this point, is the other thing I've been reiterating since the search started. Chris Ballard told us this is exactly what's going to happen. And he sat down and he said the day after the season, I guess two days after the season ended, that if it went into mid-February, fine that he was going to be thorough, that they were going to cast a wide net, that they were going to make sure that they didn't skip over any candidate in the process. And again, I think that goes back to uh, the Josh McDaniels thing. 
you know, hiring him and, and feeling early on in the process like he was the guy and then him backing out on the day he was supposed to get on the plane and, and flying in here, that's going to scar any general manager. Uh, I think he's trying to avoid that, uh, but he's also trying to make sure, again, when, when they did finally end up with Frank Reich in that search, he said, I don't know why he wasn't part of the first group of interviews. You know, when, when he brought him in here, he was the best that I had interviewed during that whole stretch. I think people kind of thought, well, he, he has to say that because he's a second choice. But I think what he's doing now is proof that, you know, that's that's the way Ballard felt, and he's trying to make sure that doesn't happen again. So on that note, and like you said, it's the last time we recorded this pod early on Tuesday, we gave you our head coaching prediction. So if you missed that, make sure you check out the Blue Horseshoe Pod and make sure you download, subscribe, whether it's wherever you get your podcasts or also on YouTube at Odyssey Sports as well. So we each gave our prediction of who's going to be the head coach. You said Raheem Morris. I said Brian Callahan. At that point, we were working with seven. I guess should we? At that point, we were under the pressure of finalists, quote unquote. Now you have Aaron Glenn added, so now it's eight. And now you have Ian Rappaport and um, Mike Garofalo of the NFL Network reporting that the Colts are probably going to go through a third round of interviews. So I think we can drop the finalist tag and just say now we're in you know round two of seemingly a never-ending process. So let me ask you this. I think there's three ways Colts fans can feel about the addition of Aaron Glenn and now the reveal that there will be a third or another round of interviews. Now you can think kind of what you were saying, that Chris Ballard, one, was scarred from how the last head coaching search went and now is trying to be extra thorough and make sure that this is not a rush process. Two, the the candidates so far have not really enthralled him. He's not really feeling great about any one. So now he's going to recall another one in Aaron Glenn that he interviewed the first time just to see if there's, you know, if he's kind of the one uh, compared to the other seven guys he've interviewed for a second time. That's the second thing I think Colts fans could be feeling that maybe Chris Bow is not in love with the candidates. Or three, maybe the candidates are in love with the Colts, where now the second interview, we've heard, you know, they've gone for 10, 12, 14 hours. So you're really starting to learn not only about, you know, the coaching candidates themselves, but the candidates are learning a lot about the Colts themselves. Jim Mercer has reportedly been in a lot of these meetings. Maybe they're starting at cold feet and, and not pulling out publicly like we saw with Dan Quinn do, but maybe just quietly say, mm, you know, after talking further, maybe this is not the job for me and kind of slowly backing their way out. Maybe that's happening. So I think that's, I would say, at least, and if there's a fourth, please, George, add it and tell me if I'm wrong or if I'm missing something. I think those are really the three ways you can look at the addition of Aaron Glenn and also look at now the third round of interviews being reported and kind of feel one of three ways. Would you add any, you know, any fourth, I guess, way to look at it? And which of the three ways do you kind of see yourself feeling when you hear this news that we got uh, on Thursday morning? I think those three are all the most logical conclusions to come from in here, you know, and, and I think especially the last two that either they're not, you know, completely sold on, on one of these guys uh, or the guys that they are sold on are not sold on them. Um, I, I'd lay, I lean probably towards the first two uh, at this point. Cause I just think people are a little, usually more public when they pull out because you don't have to flat out say it's because you're upset with the team. You sell that as I'm so loyal to the team I'm on now that I can't imagine going anywhere else. I went through the process, but you know, now that it's time to actually make the move, I, I just can't do it. My heart is in whatever city you're in. You know what I mean? Um, I think that's an easy thing to do. Yeah. Uh, and I think that might start happening soon. Even if, even if coaches aren't, um, you know, getting a bad vibe from these interviews, which we haven't heard much, but I've actually heard the interviews have gone pretty well with several of these guys, um, including Wink Martindale, who I think was one that we didn't necessarily 
uh, you know, put at the top of the list early on uh, that apparently he's been really impressive and they really, you know, had good, good talks with him. Um, but even with that, you, at some point, some of these coaches, they're in the same boat, the fans and the media are where you're wondering what's going on and how long it's going to take. And some of them are just going to make the decision that I can't stay in this indefinitely. I've got to, you know, get lined up and know what I'm going to do. Um, again, you know, we're going to start pushing into combine time here in the not too distant future and the combines at the end of this month. So, uh, you would think certainly by then there would be a, a head coach in place. Uh, but a lot of these other guys, these coordinators need to know they got to get things lined up with their own teams. And I think other teams will start putting some pressure on, on the Colts as well and saying, Hey, if you're taking our offensive coordinator, or our defensive coordinator, or our special teams coordinator, let us know because we're going to have to replace that guy. You know, um, so there's a lot of external forces at work here too. Um, but I think those three things that you said, I think they're the they're the most likely explanations. And again, I mean, it's hard for me to know which way I'm leaning simply because I, Ballard said this would happen. So I guess I'm going with that one. I mean, he did tell us be ready. It could go all the way till the middle of February, I'm in no rush. Um, but at the same time, I think journalistic instincts or whatever you want to call it makes you feel like they're not blown away by somebody yet that they haven't been, you know, th there's not somebody who's a front runner to the point where they want to hire him or they would obviously do it. I would lean, I think more towards the first, I like got the three possibilities being thorough, Colts not being enthralled in the candidates or the candidates not really loving the Colts and, and kind of, you know, not really wanting to be uh, the next head coach. I would lean more towards the first option because like you mentioned, Chris Ballard called it. He was very upfront and basically saying, we're going to be very deliberate. We're going to take our time and make sure we get the right candidate. I think he's acting, you know, like when teams hire, let's say an offense coordinator or an, uh, an offensive mind head coach, and he's more of a player's coach and things go wrong. And what do you usually do? The opposite, right? So you maybe you go defensive minded guy or you go hard disciplinary to make sure everyone's in line. Like usually you kind of go the opposite of what you had if it fails. Cause you think, Oh, well that didn't work. So let's try the other thing. I think that's what's going on with Chris Ballard right now, where he admitted he went into the last coaching search with Joshua Daniels, basically the guy. And it's like, all right, even before we interview anyone, I think I'm going to be hiring Joshua Daniels. Figured that out pretty fast. The Colts went through it rapidly. And as we know, that was the guy they tabbed to hire and it didn't work out. I think now he's trying to do the opposite and maybe to, you know, overly being thorough and maybe nitpicking too much or, or taking too much time. But I would say of the three, I would think it's Chris Bowden right now trying to make sure that, hey, this is probably the last, this is going to be the last head coach he's going to hire. Make sure it's not a Josh McDaniels 2.0 to where, you know, it's, Flames out two or three years he's done, and then obviously Chris Ballard will be done. I think he's trying to really take his time and vet all these candidates to make sure that they truly hire the best one on the market. And like I said, it's it's been slow, but it's not like Chris Ballard hasn't warned us about being slow. So I think right now, so far from the little we heard, that's part, right? This is still a guess because the Colts have been very tight-lipped about what's going on. I would say just trying to be as thorough as possible to make sure every stone is unturned or turned over. I should say before they, you know, they truly make their their hire. So I think it's part of the reason why you have Aaron Glenn now coming back. I think it's part of the reason why they're going to whittle it down from eight to. I mean, what's a realistic number, George? Three, four? Like if you're going to have a final interview, I would I would think no more than four. But you know, I'm surprised that it's eight here. Although I shouldn't be. I mean, we were told that this list would be seven or eight uh, before it came out. So you know, the fact that it's eight shouldn't be surprising to me. Uh, but I would think three or four. You know, maybe even two. 
um, depending on, you know, where, where they are in that flow of things. Um, I, I did just, as you were talking, there was one other possibility that I thought of. Um, I don't think it's very likely. I, I wouldn't put it any higher than the other three. I'd probably put it below all of them. But the only other potential th that I could think of is that there is a front runner, but that front runner is Shane Steichen, who is in the Super Bowl. And you're going to have to wait until after the game to hire him anyway. So why not? But and, and again, in this scenario, he's not got a wide lead. He's not lapped the field. So why not bring in, you know, as many guys as you can if you've got to wait that long anyway? That's the only other possibility uh, that, that I could come up with. That's an interesting point because you are right. If you are basically saying Shane Sykin is at least right now our guy to begin with and you can't hire him until Monday the 13th at the earliest, why not in that time during the Super Bowl where, I mean, unofficially, right, they can't announce it next week, I'm assuming. The NFL would, would yeah. make sure to kind of want them to basically keep it on the hush-hush and make all the focus on – radio row in the super bowl right they can leak it next week they can't they can't announce it. i mean they can't come out and say okay you know the colts twitter can't can't send it out send it out um but you know they could they could tell chris mortensen they could tell ian rapaport they could tell you know some of the people you've seen normally uh get these things uh, and or the agent could you know if they've got a deal behind the scenes the coaching agent could come in and say hey it's my guy uh, to one of these guys and then it'll come out but yeah you're not gonna see okay that pick. although at this point would we be totally stunned if like next wednesday in the middle of super bowl week there's a tweet from the colts and it's like the, the head coach is abby's hat pick and you know we're just gonna roll from there i, I don't know that's true Nothing, this team has probably. been anything but predictable that's for sure let me ask you this george so it, let's just if we operate in the world let's just say if, if i'm right in terms of chris this is chris ballard more than the candidates not liking the culture or him not liking the candidates, just trying to be as thorough as possible and really taking his time being deliberate. So the first interviews were about reportedly about four or five hours over video. Second interviews, almost all of them were in person. You know, we've seen again, half a day, 12 hours, 14 hours. So let's just say, you know, we're going to have a third in round of interviews. Let's say four guys. What is there left to talk about? Like at that point, is it what quarterback are you going to take? Like what's your plan in the draft for the roster for like, I'm just more asking. I don't know, like, what else is there to talk about for Chris Ballard and these prospective, you know, let's say finalists, actually finalists, when they do a third interview. Yeah, I think that's one of the hard things about this um, because I, I feel like with this and the draft, I think we talked about this before. We're missing maybe the most important part of the process. We're not privy to any of the interviews. You know, we know who they talk to. We have no idea what was said and and you know why. Like later on, you can hear. Like I've heard Morris interview went well. Callahan's interview went well. Martindale's interview went well. Basaccia's interview went well. Okay. You know, are those your four finalists? I don't know. Um, is that even true? You know, That's but even true. when you hear that they went well. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline you don't know what the the topic of of the interview was you know what what did right. they get into specifically like you're talking about and so i my gut feeling 
knowing nothing, you know, having a blindfold on here and throwing darts. I, I feel like it would be more of a, okay, those things that you talked about right now, coordinators, scheme, quarterback, you went through them in the early part, but now you're choosing between which of those you like the best. And so you want to hear a deeper level of it. Like you got the early, the, the trailer to the movie and now you want to see the whole film. You know what I mean? Um, that would be my guess that that sort of a thing. Uh, because I think those two factors are going to be huge in this. What's their plan at quarterback and who can they bring with them? And you know, the, the irony is the longer the search goes, the more it may impact that staff, that potential staff. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And even options like, look, we were both against him. We brought it up, but Derek Carr is a guy who's going to have to be either traded or cut by the Raiders. I think it's three days after the Super Bowl. I think it's the 15th of February, if I'm not mistaken. You're nodding in agreement, so I think that's correct. So it's like, let's just say if, for argument's sake, Shane Steichen and Brian Callen say, hey, look, Derek Carr is someone I think could work really well. I don't think we're that far away. Let's go get him. But to, to your point, like the longer you wait and the more extensive it is, you may miss out on Derek Carr. Like, Derek Carr could be traded next week for all you know, intense purposes. or could be cut and you know picked up relatively quickly. So you're right. Like, I just, I wonder at this point, like what, like, I guess it is probably quarterback. Like, all right, what's your plan? Who are we going to get? If, if we trade up, what, you know, what is your plans? If we don't trade up, you know, at four, which ones do you like? I, I'm guessing, as I said, after four hours in the first one, 14 hours in the second one, you got to think staff, scheme, philosophy, everything's talked about. Now it's truly nitty gritty, maybe free agents or trades. I don't know. At this point, it's like, we're really getting really deep in the weeds here. Let me ask you this final question on the head coaching search uh, in which details we we don't have very few of. Is there any sort of hints based on whoever the Colts hire? Would that kind of give a tip of maybe which quarterback they're favoring? It could. You know, I, I think somebody like Callahan has a history with cars, so you're going to make some links there right away. He was out there, you know, for a short time, but he was out there with the Raiders and Derek Carr, so you would think – um, if they've got a good relationship, that'll come out really quickly. Um, but I also think just the style that more on the offensive guys with the defensive guys, we're going to have to wait again because you're going to have to find out who their offense coordinator is. You know, if it's Morris or it's, uh, Martindale or it's Basaccia, who's a special teams guy, you're not going to know a lot right away as far as, you know, what style that, that they kind of lean towards. I think once we hear who the offense coordinators are, or if the head coach is an offensive head coach, then you can start making links. Like you can look at Calhan's offense and go, okay, that's that's a quick read kind of passing game. Um, so you look for somebody more like Bryce Young or CJ Stroud um, because they've got a process and, and and make that play quickly. You look at somebody like Steichen and you say maybe the whole field's open because they were able to really build an offense around what Jalen Hurts does best and adapt it to him. So you feel like. Bryce Young would probably be the most intriguing guy there because he you really need that. But even a guy like C.J. Stroud, who you worry about the impact the coaches are going to have on him and his teammates, you know, bringing in somebody like Shane Sykin and in his history, you feel better. I think that he would put the right pieces around him uh, and and get the most out of him. But I I don't know that they'll be you know surely the coach isn't going to come out and say who right. they prefer. Although that'll be fun at the combine because by then it, it might be the introductory press conference and they're certainly <laughs> going to get asked, you know, who, who they prefer. 
uh, and watching them dance around it, there are hints at times in there. You know, if they say size is a big factor, okay, Bryce Young's not, you know, part of it. If they want, if if they're talking about traits a lot, hey, maybe they're leaning more towards Levis or Richardson. So, you know, I think we will find out because that there's no question. Whenever the introductory press conference comes in, the two big things that are going to get asked are who's your offensive coordinator and who or what type of offense coordinator you're looking for and who is your quarterback. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I think you're right. There are some hints, like I said, they talk about size or arm strength or accuracy. I think you can kind of maybe then, you know, look at a quarterback or two in the draft that maybe they're leaning towards more than others out of the four. So I think we will be able to maybe pick up, discern a few minor hints. But also, too, at the end of the day, no matter who's hired and who the offense coordinator is, I think right now in today's day and age in the NFL, the main job of an offensive coordinator slash head coach is to build the offense around what the quarterback does well and not the other way around. So with Shane Steichen having, you know, let's say recent success with Jalen Hurts and maybe he's more of, you know, he like kind of the dual threat quarterback. I don't think then he should, if you draft Bryson or, or CJ Stroud, expect them to play a similar role as, as, as Jalen Hurts. We've seen other core, uh, other head coaches like Matt Nagy most recently in Chicago kind of try to put a square peg in a round hole. That's fewer. It's happening less and less in the NFL, but I think that's where you really see successful coaches thrive is whoever, whoever they draft, if they identify, let's say Bryce Young as the guy. Well, even if the offense maybe is totally not geared towards having that style of quarterback, well, now you better make it, you know, build your offense to accentuate what Bryce Young does well instead of trying to have him learn your style of offense. So I think in a sense, maybe, yes, if we kind of learn and they kind of drop hints of, you know, physical traits and or maybe size is not a factor, which kind of opens the door back up. Or they said they're looking for more of a dual threat guy. You can look at Anthony Richardson. Will Levis. I think there will probably be some small hints dropped along the way, but Either way, any of the four quarterbacks you do choose, if that's the route they go, which they should go, you got to be able to build the offense around what that quarterback accentuate their strengths instead of having that quarterback try to fit in your uh, in your respective system. 